0: All right, the Bible, Walmart, a wedding, and church. What do they all have in common? Weird people, right? And you might be like, no, church doesn't have weird people, or... The Bible doesn't have weird people, or a wedding doesn't have weird people. Everyone knows that Walmart has weird people, though, right? Um, What in the world? And if you think I'm wrong, Google it, because, wow, interesting stuff. But what does weird even mean? Weird means very strange and unusual, unexpected or not natural. Okay, kind of go with very strange and unusual, unexpected, but not natural. Who gets to define natural? Am I right? Here's what I know, is we are all made in the image of God. So God must be weird. And if God is weird, we know God is good. So weird is good, right? Let me just tell you, weird is the new cool and the Bible actually proves it and we know that God loves weird people I tried hard this week to think of the topic that I was going to podcast on this week and thought that I had a couple ideas but then never really took time to develop them in the meantime i spent a lot of labor day weekend creating a visual journal for a friend who's going to israel and so i really studied the itinerary of israel and some of the scriptures that noted where they would be going so like the scripture talked about caesarea and then gave um, the exact verses that mention Caesarea in it and they uh, on this trip they'll be going there and so there was a verse in there that really stuck out to me so I put it in the visual journal didn't think anything else about it went about my business and happened to you know go to Walmart grocery stores you know Any public place, you're always going to find weird people, Um, the farmer's market, and went to church, certainly was reading my Bible, and then um, it just came to me as I was coming home from a grief share session, At a different church um, that I am attending with a friend. And I just thought this is different than how my church facilitates grief share. And yet I find myself intrigued and interested and constantly learning from people different than I am and You know, do some people call people who are different than they are weird? Of course they do did I not even a little bit because I think weird is cool Like it's weird to drink while you're on a podcast and when I say drink I mean water Come on people, you know, I'm not a drinker. That'd be dangerous and disastrous on a podcast But I just got to thinking how all of a sudden in the scripture that talked about Caesarea, I remembered the verse that stuck out, and it was so ironic that it kind of reminds me about how God loves weird people. And so... I'm going to get super um, Bible story Sunday school version on you guys again. Um, But I think it's kind of fun to always bring it back to the Bible. And once again, here's the thing that I think is interesting and you could say weird, is that there are men, for the most part, that have studied and discussed and looked at history and looked at um, word origins and historical background and cultural background and all the things to interpret and talk about what this bible means and they're probably not wrong they're probably pretty spot on in a lot of the things that they discuss. In the meantime, people continue to do this, and continue to do this, and continue to do this, thus the reason that sometimes new um, translations, and I don't want to say versions, because the Bible remains the same. The translation is um, maybe a little bit different, has maybe a little different twist on it. I always love it when I'm hand gesturing, when I'm podcasting, because you can't see my little twist using my thumb and my finger to do a little tiny twist. But anyways, ultimately, the foundation of a triune God Uh, Christ who is 100% man 100% God who would come to save us from our sins and to take on the punishment for our sins and then Go to hell pay the price raise again Spend 40 days on earth and then ascend not die, but ascend to heaven, leaving us with a form of God or the person of God who is the Holy Spirit. All that remains true for the whole 2,000 plus years after Christ's death. So the Bible's a pretty solid truth teller it's a solid history book if you will if you want to look at it that way because it continues to be true it continues to not change and so even if somebody describes something one way and another version describes it another way and another one puts it a little bit of a slant but at the end of the day again It's like Jesus, 100% man and 100% God. And it's that man part that is not Jesus in which we interpret. And maybe we're not m- making the mark. Maybe we're close. Maybe we're just about there. But some in, in talking about it, in continuing to discuss it, Maybe we hit on something that we haven't thought about. Or maybe culturally we just aren't mature enough yet. And so as this world evolves and gets a little crazier, it gets maybe a little bit more evil, maybe we see this Bible in a new light and God gives us new takes on it and so what's my point on that nothing other than all of my experiences from going to a wedding and going to a different church for grief share and going to walmart the farmer's market and then reading this verse and this story in the bible made me start thinking about exactly what Peter says in a specific scripture. So hold on and let's get to that story. The story comes from Acts and it starts in chapter 10 and it goes from verse 1 all the way to verse 48, I believe. So, I didn't time how long this would take to read, but I am going to read it to you because it's cool and not everybody has time to quick look it up. And I, it, it's one of the more unusual stories, so I want to make sure you know the whole story. It starts with Cornelius calls for Peter. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius who was a captain of the italian regiment he was a devout god-fearing man as was everyone in his household he gave generously to the poor and he prayed regularly to god one afternoon about th- at about 3 o'clock he had a vision in which he saw an angel of god coming toward him cornelius the angel said Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and the gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. And it says Peter visits Cornelius. The next day at Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town. Let me read that again. That was a little bit Cirque de Soleil in my mouth so just rewind that part. The next day, as Cornelius's messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners, and in the sheet were all sorts of animals reptiles and birds then a voice said to him get up Peter kill and eat them no Lord declared Peter I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean but the voice spoke again do not call something unclean if God has made it clean the same vision repeated three times then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven peter was very perplexed what could this vision mean just then the men sent by cornelius found simon's house standing outside the gate they asked if a man named simon peter was staying there meanwhile as Peter was puzzling over the vision the Holy Spirit said to him three men have come looking for you get up go downstairs and go with them without hesitation don't worry for I have sent them so Peter went down and said I am the man you are looking for why have you come they said we were sent by Cornelius a Roman officer He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I'm a human, human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a jewish man to enter a gentile home like this or to or to associate with you but god has shown me that i should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean so i came without objection as soon as i was sent for now tell me why you sent for me cornelius replied four days ago i was praying in my house about this time three o'clock Page turn in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here, waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching the message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with his Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us, whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter, were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked them to stay with them for several days so the verse that is really sticking out to me and stuck out to me when I was creating this visual journal was I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right this is the message of good news for the people of Israel that there is peace with god through jesus christ who is lord of all i think when you hear the name simon peter most people instantly go to the disciple who denied that he knew christ uh, when christ was on trial and about to be crucified Peter denies Christ three times. Peter also gets the chance to sort of say, I'm sorry, three times when Jesus, after he has resurrected, serves them breakfast on the beach. Not even joking you, that's for real. And asks Peter three times, Do you love me? And tells him three times, to feed my sheep I thought it was interesting as Peter is in this trance and three times God puts what Jewish people would call unclean food in front of him and tells them to kill it and eat eat it and Peter's like no way not gonna do it it's against the law against the Jewish law haven't ever eaten this before and I'm not going to but God's like you don't get to say what's clean and unclean. I do. And God set those rules up in Exodus and Leviticus Levit- to set the Israelites apart. And I think when you have grown up with a belief and with cultural norms Those are Rooted deep and so for Paul to or Peter to eat something that was considered unclean Just felt not right. So He's kind of wondering what the heck this is all about in the meantime Cornelius Who is a Roman? Romans and Jews not getting along. Romans despise Jews and treat them poorly as the, you know, oppressor. Um, And, you know, Jews are subject to their taxes and their, you know, all their laws. And so here is this, high official for the Romans and he is a God-fearing human and at that point I don't know that that's really horrendously unusual because the word of Jesus has gotten around a lot of these Romans witness a lot of the miracles of Christ and Certainly, the news of a resurrected Jesus. And while guards were paid a lot of money to be like, Mm-mm, didn't happen, truth be told, you know that they probably couldn't live with that. And they said, Yeah, no kidding, it really did happen. I got a lot of money, you know, and it was on that side kind of thing. But so I'm thinking that there was probably a lot of roman conversion to becoming believers and becoming someone that's going to be a christian you know and that that word is officially new because the whole newness of jesus being on earth for a very brief time but here it is not only a Roman but also now just a Gentile not a Jewish person and Peter's coming into their house and but but he's doing what God tells him to do and in so doing while he is sharing these people receive the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is so present in this family And community of believers and then Peter's like Jesus told me to go and preach his good news and baptize everyone and like for him like it's like the light goes off and he says I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism like dang when he said go and baptize all He didn't just mean Jewish people. And, you know, why do I keep getting stuck on this? People are weird. And here's what I love. I love that God spoke to Cornelius in a way that said, you've been praying, you've been giving to others, and because of your faith, I want you to call this man, Simon Peter, to come to your house. Because God knows that Simon is the right one to share the message of Jesus Christ and to confirm that message with Cornelius' family. In the meantime, God is speaking to Peter, through what he knew, which was food and the customs of the Jews. And so he puts it in front of Peter and tells him to kill it and eat it. And I'm sure because at this point, it's not Jesus standing right in front of him. He's like, No, and he's thinking am i being tested and he's probably paranoid for you know like i gosh i do the wrong thing all the time i'm not going to do it this time you know i'm not going to deny jesus through um the food that i eat um and three times god puts it in front of him and then he takes it up and it and he says to him you don't get to judge you don't get to judge what's clean and unclean and At that moment sure he's talking about the food but he's also talking about the people and so not only is this a sort of a sign that it isn't what we put in our bodies the food that we eat that makes us clean or unclean but also in the people that we meet and maybe they're different than we are and maybe They're louder than we are, or maybe they have a crazy haircut or they worship differently than we do. The key is that they are made in God's image and maybe they don't know Jesus yet. And maybe they don't fully understand why we do what we do. Um, some of it is a little perplexing but they are made in God's image and so like Peter it might be uncomfortable to go talk to them and you know for Peter to go into the Gentiles house or for us to introduce ourselves or to not be ashamed Of what we do and who we serve and who we love but to welcome someone and develop a relationship with them in a way that they might come to know Christ or or that we are the seed planters by Pointing to Jesus. My sister Susie was the officiant at the wedding I attended, and she just made a point that absolutely ties into what we're talking about today, and that was as we celebrate. The wedding and the love that the couple have for each other and the love that we all have is all because of God our Father who loved us first. And so it's so true in Acts chapter 10 verse 34 that God doesn't show favoritism. He loves each and every one of us as weird as we are and as unusual as we are and not normal. And maybe we're all normal because normal is weird and weird is the new cool, right? So I challenge all of you to start to embrace the weird. Start to look at somebody who's different than you are and be able to learn from them and to look at them knowing that they were made in the image of God and that God doesn't show any favoritism. Have a wonderful week. I love that you are all my weirdos and are so willing to listen to how weird I am and how weird I think about things. And it's just a beautiful way for us to all continue to look for the love of God and point people to Jesus. Have a wonderful week.